Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined by the Gons. Gons, it's been a few months. How have you been? Right now, I'm fantastic. There's a couple months there, man, where there was like no sports and no disrespect to baseball. It's just, you know, regular season baseball is regular season baseball. Um, now that October's coming up, I'm kind of excited about that. But now I'm in heaven, bro. You got basketball news coming out left and right, which brings us back. You got football. You got baseball. Um, you had some of the FIBA games. So I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Definitely doing okay. Um, baseball was the main thing that was happening over the summer uh, with the Dodgers. You know, they started off pretty bad, but they came on pretty strong. But then we usually with the NBA now, it's a 12 month news cycle, which was true up until like July. We we're looking at free agency. I know we didn't really talk about too much about free agency, um, but then we were waiting for that Dame Lillard um, to the Heat or the Jimmy Butler to the uh, to Cl- or, um, not Jimmy Butler, but James Harden to the Clippers news, which didn't really happen. So that's why we really didn't jump on for the last couple months here. Uh, but now with the NBA about a month away, we're getting we're gearing up and getting started. So um, before we get started with what we wanted to talk about today, um, congratulations to Dennis Schroeder and Germany for winning the FIBA World Championships and becoming the world champions. I know there is some controversy there. Um, unfortunately, I didn't watch any of the tournament. It was on at what, 4, 4 a.m. in the morning here in the West Coast. Um, and those in the middle of the night, um, did you watch any of it Gons, or was see any of the highlights on, uh, on YouTube or Twitter? Unfortunately, no, man. I was, um, I did see some highlights and I did see, I, I, I saw a message that LeBron reached out to KD and Steph and they all said that they're going to play in the next set of games and they're going to win. But I've heard this story before, you know, us loses the best players say they're going to play the next time. Stuff happens, they don't play, and here we are again. Um, at the end of the day, NBA generates the most revenue. For me, this is, goes back to that controversy, um, and I don't know if you heard about this. The NBA was being crit- ridiculed for being called world champs when they're not essentially world champs uh, because it's an organization in the USA, and there's been debate about it. In my opinion, they, the NBA is the best organization, the best players. They're the world champs, but... I mean, that, that could be a topic for another day. So I, I'm not too bothered by it, to be honest with you. We didn't have our best players playing. But at the same time, why didn't we have our best players playing? What's the disconnect there? Um, and we'll see if it changes. It's, it's a lot to commit your time over the summer. Um, we kind of saw that with Nikola Jokic, right? He just wanted to go home and have fun. I mean, that's kind of what these NBA players want to do over the summer, kind of go out and have fun and not really focus too much on, but they'll train and everything, but you know, to do what you want to do during the summer, James Harden can go to his strip clubs and all that stuff um, over the summer without really having, having it really be an issue. So just getting your mind off of basketball, but I, I, the whole captain America thing or Avengers thing of LeBron just bringing everyone together. Yeah. It's definitely a topic we'll get to in the future. I mean, we'll be a little bit of housekeeping. We will be recording every um, every week, so you should be getting these pods on Friday around noontime, hopefully for your Friday noon drive um, home. Um, we'll try to keep the co- topics fresh. Friday traffic, are... man. It'll kill you. It'll kill exactly. you. Exactly. 
and we are going to be bringing back the hoop bar. The hoop bar is returning. Um, however, it is going to be more of a uh, video format on YouTube, um, some clips on YouTube Shorts, on Instagram Reels, uh, TikTok is where you'll see the hoop bar. So that's returning me as more of a video. We're keeping this going. Basketball is religion as more of an audio podcast for you guys on Friday afternoons. Maybe we'll, we'll switch to a two-day, but we'll, again, since it's the off-season, news is a little bit slow. One uh, one pod a week is what we're aiming towards. So uh, we'll finish with housekeeping. Let's get to the actual podcast. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, is questionably the best player, most likely the second best player in the league after Nikola Jokic won the championship last uh, last season. Now Giannis and the Bucks lost to the Maya, the surging Miami Heat in the first round of the of last um, of the playoffs last season. Um, the Bucks did have the best record in the league, but Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent, uh, Bam Adebayo, um, they just shot the lights out that series and eliminated them for two. Um, Giannis went on the podcast and interview um, circuit over the summer, um, and in a article from uh, CBS Sports. Let me read it verbatim from CBS Sports. This was what they said. Um, this was his message earlier in, in this offseason in an interview with New York Times uh, Tania Janguli and again in a recent appearance on 48 Minutes, a podcast hosted by former Bucks assistant coach John Geiger. At the end of the day, I am a winner, Atitakumpo uh, said. I want to be a winner. Contracts, fame, status, comfort zone does not matter to me. What matters at the end of the day is that thing right there. Then he pointed to the Larry O'Brien trophy behind him. Giannis will be entering the third season of a five-year, $228 million Supermax extension. Um, his contract in- includes a player option for the 2024-2025 season. So he's on under contract for this season. Next season, it has a player contract for the following season after that. Uh, the Bucks can offer Giannis a three-year, $173 million extension uh, at later this month on September 22nd. However, um, he did list the factors that will go into making his decision before he signs the next deal. So, Gons, is this a big deal or not a big deal? I, definitely a big deal, Matt. I mean, you're not dealing with a player that moves around a lot, you know. Certain players, this would be a big deal. Steph Curry, if he said this, would be a big deal. Chris Paul, if he said this, it'd be no big deal. Um, Kevin Durant, no big deal. It's just Giannis is one of those players that hasn't moved around. He wants to stay in Milwaukee. He also said on that podcast, I listened to it, that he could see himself retiring there. But Asterix comes out and says this, and this is within two weeks, two different podcasts he's been on talking about that the Bucks need to do everything they can to produce a winning team. It, Matt, honestly, let me ask you a question. Do you feel they have what it ha- they have what it takes right now to compete or to win a championship? Because I don't. Do you? It was a weird series last time because I think they would have given the Nuggets a lot of trouble. It's just they ran into that bus off a Heat team who just couldn't miss. Like Jimmy Butler played out of his mind, and then Jimmy Butler ends up getting a little hurt, and he can't really bring his A game against the Nuggets. So can this team win with an aging 
um, Brooke Lopez with an again um, Chris Middleton and an aging Drew Holiday who might only play another two years. I think this season um, the window is open for this season. Starting next season though, if they don't win it this season, they're going to have to make some moves. It's, I think that's what Giannis was getting to. Are we just going to keep this going and then once this window shut and then try to rebuild, rebuild, or going to try to retool where you're trying to trade those players for people that. For, for players that Giannis can win with now as opposed to winning down the line. So I think that's where he's getting at. So he's pressuring the Bucks organization to try to make moves if they don't win it this season to win while he's still on this prime as opposed to down the line what kind of like what the what's happening with Dame Lillard and the Blazers. What do you think? Let me put my Dr. Gone psychologist glasses on or my therapy glasses on here to analyze this properly. I disagree with you, Matt. Uh, the the do- doctor here, Dr. Gons, feels that there's something going on in that locker room where he feels not every player is a competitor and wants to win along the same efforts as him. And I feel like he's going out and airing this out. Maybe he's not seeing the work being put in in the offseason like he's working, you know? And I think it's yet to be unknown, but one of those couple of those players are maybe... Or maybe a few of them collectively are not having the same dedication that he has in terms of winning a championship. Some people get happy after winning one. We saw that in the Lakers series, you know, where they won a championship and then they come out the next year and they get handled by Philadelphia. And that still happens today. Um, and I, I, you know, some people are just happy settling after winning one. So I think the message is directed toward the Milwaukee Bucks front office to make moves. To your point, if they want to think about a long-term career, you trade these assets now. You don't wait a year when they slow down even more. Right now, yes, the window is open for them, but if they have a feeling that it's not collectively going to work out, you trade these players now when you get high value, and maybe you get younger players that could give you a, a longer chance to compete for Giannis's career for him to sign an extension, because otherwise, two years from now, he's gone. Yeah, you have to trade them. So you're looking at the full sale trade. You're looking at getting rid of Drew, getting rid of um, Brooke Lopez, who they honestly just signed to a, to a bigger contract than we thought he was. He got twenty million, which is higher than I thought he was. He would get. I thought the Lakers would have a chance to get him at ten, uh, but he signed for twenty. So good, good for him for getting that sort of contract. And then Chris Middleton, who was just on the JJ Redick podcast, unfortunately couldn't finish that podcast. He's not very interesting. Um, so Chris Middleton, do you want to get rid of all of them now and look to get more players or like something equivalent? What are you looking to trade them? For? I feel the Bucks have all been always been a team with quality players built around one superstar. I think now it's time to add another superstar to the mix because if Giannis does get hurt or something happens. Um, so if I was the front office of the Bucks, I would take the pieces I have to get another star but also try to minimize the loss of quality players. I know it's a tough task, and that's why I don't get paid to be a front office executive, but that's what I think they need to do uh, to give themselves a chance. So you don't view Chris Middleton as a second star to him? He's more of like a role player to you? I feel like he is a player that can step up and has star attributes. I wouldn't call him a star in essence of an everyday player. He has his moments. He's also very injury prone. Uh, you know, I, I think you bring in someone a little bit better, a little bit more consistent, a little bit, a little bit someone more 
regular in essence, and you try to keep some of the quality players that you have and try to get younger, if that makes sense. So if you could get rid of Holiday and get a couple younger pieces, if you get rid of Middleton and maybe you get a couple younger pieces who have potential to be Middleton, I would take that too because maybe with with the right coaching, you know, in the right situation, they could be stars. I just don't think, I think they're at a point, Matt, where they've, done all they can as an organization. They won their chip, and now they need to shake things up rather than riding the same boat with the same players. Do you think their windows closed? Like They would have the best regular season, and then Giannis got hurt in the playoffs and lost to that Miami I team. I thought, yeah, last year closed? was their best. Ch- I thought last year was their climax chance. Like, last year was it, right? Like, last year they were seniors in high school, um, and now and all the hot chicks wanted them. You know, a little God's vision. And now they're a freshman in college, Matt. And there's plenty of other dudes with bigger muscles that are getting looks from the ladies. So, yeah, no, I I, I personally think it's going to be much harder for them to win this year versus last year. Is it impossible? No. But make the moves now. Be proactive. We've seen this as Laker fans where they wait. And other teams where they wait and wait until their teams digress and then they don't get any trade value for them. Now's the chance to make your moves. I get it because I mean, look at the Lakers with Pau Gasol. They tried, they tried to trade Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom for Chris Paul as more of like a, a shift from from Kobe to Chris Paul. But of course, the commissioner Davis Stern, rest in peace, he nixed that deal. So being proactive is something is a value I could appreciate, um, and just trying to get ahead of it. So I, I I can see where where you're coming from, Gons. What type of player do you see? With Giannis, you think Giannis does do the work. He's looking to work with with um, with the Lajuan. So let's talk, let's talk about this first. What does Giannis need to add to his game to make him better now? Now that Jokic has essentially taken over his spot as number one player in the league, his defense is there, his getting to the rim ability is there. But what else does he need to add to his game to make him a better better superstar? You know, I think we saw it last year, Matt. His jump shots improved dramatically. As long as he's able to hit some of those open jump shots, there's not much more you could add to his game. His game, in some essences, your game is what it is. His game is what it is. He can. He's a he's a great player. Fantastic, along can stretch out the floor, plays defense, hustles, everything. The one the one downfall he had is he wasn't hitting a lot of his open shots. <clears throat> it was taking a, maybe a little bit too many threes, but he. From last season, he started to hit some of these jump shots. As long as he stays consistent with his open looks, especially aging, you want to be able to hit that 15, 20-foot jumper, right? Um, I think he'll be okay, but I do think he needs a more of a, a, a playmaker. You know, I think, man, if you... I'll give you one name off the top of my head, and I know this is not possible, but you put Devin Booker with him. I would say that's a pretty good instant chip. So like a microwave guy that could get his own shot, um, you get him the like Giannis creates an open shot for him, he'll knock it down pretty easily. Yeah, like that sort of player. He needs a really good guard, essentially a really good guard that can see the floor but can also take over and score. Uh, you know, Morant, Booker, you put those two guys together, instant chip. Who else? There's got to be other players. SGA with him, that'd be monstrous. Um, there's, there's a few players, you just put them together, they glue. Right now, you know, you put Booker with Durant, who's injury prone, he's getting a little older. Um, 
can't play big. That's the difference with a Greek freak. He can play big. The, the downfall is he can't be as as much of a guard with the dribbling and the crossover and and pulling pull up jumpers, but that's okay. Like that's that's something that's not really valuable anymore. Now it's almost ascension where you're a guard or you're a big. Bigs are coming back, and I think he's a solid big with enough guard tendencies. Pair him up with a dude, pair him up with a legit guard and watch what happens. It'll be interesting to see this upcoming season because I, I kind of as much as I want to say their, their window's still open, the part part of me agrees with you because you want to be proactive. But as far as I think Drew Holiday only has about two two years left. I think he said in a recent he said in an interview where he only wants to play to the end of his contract, which is two more years. So I think he only yeah. So I guess so he's only there for two years. And Middleton injury prone as well. So you might looking to maybe package them for 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 another like a star higher star level player. We'll see what happens this off season with with the Bucks. Um, I, it's going to be very interesting. Giannis is still a, the top two player in the league. Let's see if he if he's if he's able to reclaim his crown. Let's move on. There are ten NBA teams who have yet to win a championship. Out of the ten, predict two teams that will have the best chances this upcoming season to win the championship. Those ten teams are the Brooklyn Nets, the Charlotte Hornets the Indiana Pacers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Orlando Magic, the Phoenix Suns, and the Utah Jazz. So out of those 10 teams gone, have never won a championship, which two do you think have the best chance to win this upcoming season? Oh man, I know we talked about this yesterday. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the two well, I wouldn't say obvious picks, but I really like the progression um the Pelicans made last season. I think I think Zion's gonna come back fierce. I, I know it was a, a naysayer and I know people have still given up on him. I gave up on him, to be honest with you. I talked the most crap about him, but seeing what he's done in the gym, I don't know if it's becoming a dad of two or whatever he's done or maybe he's finally not messing around. I don't know. But he looks really good and he's he's a difference maker, especially at his age now with the type of super talent he has. You pair that with Brandon Ingram, <coughs> Valentinus is a solid center, Matt. Trey Murphy, <coughs> and then you got CJ McCollum looking <coughs> Excuse me, be a lights out shooter. With a hustler like Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, decent. I just think this team has the makeup to do something special if they're all healthy and if Zion can come back to be what he is. Um, you know, potentially I see Zion and Brandon Ingram being all stars, right? If not progressing towards superstars, CJ McCullum being an all star. That's three people on one team. And these are players besides Zion that play regularly, that don't get hurt, that have had some misfortune. Um, I really like the Pelicans. My next team. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about the Pelicans a little bit. So we'll, we'll go to each team. We'll talk about them. Brandon Ingram had a horrible showing in FIBA. Do you think those two could coexist or do you think one of them needs to go? I don't care what happened in FIBA. I know he bought out last season and he bought out in the playoffs. So 
whatever happened in FIBA, maybe he knows it's FIBA. Maybe he knows that, hey, I'm going to go smoke weed every day. Not that he does. Looks like it. Or maybe I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Um, you know, I, I don't think we should consider FIBA a judging point for Ingram considering what he's been doing the last couple seasons. So you think those two can – I mean, they, they were in the number one seed. Um, before Zion got hurt, so I get it. All right, go ahead and move on to your second team. The Clippers. Um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going the to the Heat is redlining right now. The Heat is redlining right now. Go ahead. You still got Kawhi and Paul George, and we saw what Kawhi Leonard did when he played a few games. Dude can take over a game. You know, you still have certain players that have a lot of upside. Um. Maybe Russell Western stat wise, Westbrook did okay last season. Norman Powell is a great veteran. Um, that's just enough star power right there. I just named off two all stars, one Hall of Famer. I mean, with Kawhi Leonard, maybe with Paul George. I I, I want to say that they're in a situation like Milwaukee where their window is closing and they had their best chances, but out of the 10 teams. I feel like they have a really good shot. If Westbrook, George, and Leonard play enough games together, what is the news with Leonard and his um, injury? Do you, we know? There's it's it's really tough to know. It's really just if he feels his knee is hurt, he's gonna take his break. So it's not like a we know what's we know what's what's going on with Kawhi. It's always just how he feels and how his doctor, or it's honestly how he feels. If he's gonna if 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 he feels healthy enough to play, he's gonna play. So that's it's an issue with with Kawhi Leonard, honestly. Let me ask you this: We still know Harden's looking for a home. If Harden somehow makes his way to this roster, do you feel like it could impact enough? For them to make it to the finals or to make it to the Western Conference finals at the minimum? I'm going to ask you the same question to you. Um, I don't think so. I think Harden of three years ago, four years ago, could have gotten you there. Bef- like when he was in Houston before Rus- Rusper got there and he was, you know, towards his MVP and he can distribute. Yes, I think he, could, he, he, and he had a little bit of defensive juice. Yes, I think he could play that factor. Um, can he still? There's a shot because if he's focusing more on the offense with Westbrook and then you're looking at Paul George and Kawhi playing more of a defensive role and they could all accept those sort of responsibilities, then yes. What, what do you think? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think they have, a, they have a great chance. I don't know how that would work numbers-wise or who would the Clippers have to give up at this point. Um, not too many people want Harden, so he's a. Well, that, that, that's the talk of the off season, right? Like the the Harden only wanted to go to the Clippers, and the Clippers could potentially just offer him, let let's say, Terrence Mann, and that's. Uh, but then Daryl Morey wants to, wants a superstar back or picks back or a lot of picks back for James Harden. Do you? Who's more correct? Because it's probably somewhere in the middle, but do you think he's more worth just Terrence Mann or is he more worth a superstar like or a superstar level player in picks? What what do you think is who do you think is more right? 
the uh, James Harden or, or Daryl Morey in this in, in this scenario? The Clippers, man, Harden's stock is just not high right now. The, the NBA is like a stock market. It just depends on the valuation based on coaches like Doc. Um, and I, I think Wes, just a bunch of coaches coming out and saying he's a pain to work with, not coming into shape. The results we've seen from the playoffs, his his stock value is really down. Now, with that being said, it's not too late. He could be that difference maker. I feel like he could be if he just got into shape and took the game seriously. And I think he knows that. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, knowing that he has to kill it wherever he goes. If he wants to have a career and keep making money and live the lavish stripper lifestyle that he loves. And just, I I hope maybe he could take a lesson from Paul George and find a stripper and marry her because that's what Paul George did. And he's happy with kids now. I mean, if that's what you have to do, do. But dude, like, can't keep running around stripper to stripper. Like, it's it's <laughs> it's not sustainable. Now, getting away from the stripper talk, um, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't, he's not going to play. He's literally not going to play. So you might as well get what you can for him. Um, but I also forgot about Zubak. That guy's a hell of a player, man. The Lakers, this is another one that I just, he he puts up solid numbers for a big, for a guy that makes $10 million. Like every season, he's a double-double machine. I think they're set. Um but yeah, maybe throwing someone else with Terrence Mann. I don't know how. Maybe KJ Martin. He's an up and comer. Um, I don't know. Kenyard Martin Jr. Does he have any value? Marcus Moore Sr. You know, bringing a veteran. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Mm, yeah, it's it's Terrence Mann. I think is is the main cog because personally, I'd still want to have Terrence Mann over um, over James Harden at this point. Um, for my two teams, I think he gave me one of these teams. So thank, thank you for giving me this team. Um, the Phoenix Suns, um, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. You have a less pressure on a uh, DeAndre Ayton. Ayton, who's should he should be a star at this point, but to for him to be the fourth person on this team, I think he could thrive in that role where he's not. He doesn't have the superstar like mentality so to be for him to be the fourth best player on the team and the defensive anchor i think is a good spot for him um plus they had with the minimum signing was like okay you have all these four guys who are making all the money who else you're gonna sign i thought they did solid with these three signings yuta wantanabe uh, from J- from japan uh he shot he shoots lights out in the corner and that's exactly what a type of player that they need eric gordon you love eric gordon i think Aaron Gordon solid eric gordon is solid He's been shooting lights out for the Clippers, for all these teams throughout the years. He's a really good pickup and a minimum contract. Drew Eubanks was a solid backup big in in um in Portland last season. I think he could provide some um some of the impact that they lost with Jacques Landell when he left. So yeah, uh, Ke- Kevin Durant, yeah Kevin Durant and Devin Booker got two games off of the champions last season. Um, KD with spacing, with Gordon, with Wantanabe, with Booker, with Beal on the outside, he could be very dangerous. And if Aiden could just take a defensive leap you know, as a center, this team can go, f- you know, has championship aspirations, especially with those top three guys. You're, like, you're thinking of, you know, Devin Booker with Giannis, but KD actually has Devin Booker with Bradley Beal, who are two knockdown shooters with them. So 
they have championship aspirations. What what do you think about the Suns guns? I um I have nothing bad to say about them. They should win the championship. Yeah, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker in your backcourt, Kevin Durant and Aiton. That's four All Stars right there. Your starting lineup. Um, Eric Gordon's a solid scorer off the bench. Um, but what concerns me is who else is good on their bench? Is it Bull Bull? Is it Drew Eubanks? Is it Okogi? Yeah, Josh Okogi. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. You have minimum contract. You're not going to get high level, you know, other players if you're just going to sign them to minimum contract. So to get a Yuta Watanabe, to get a, a Gordon, to get a Eubanks, and, and a couple other players, Bates Diop, I believe, you're not going to get the, the a great great team, but they're solid for what they can give them. There's, I'll tell you what. Their starting lineup is, you know, with with Booker, Durant, Beal, and Aiden stacked. If they can play healthy and play consistently every game, yes, they should win the championship. But they're not going to. Are you concerned about their defense? Because I am. I, I mean, this for this exercise between those 10 teams, I think they have the best shot. But defensively, are you concerned with them? Better offense beats better defense. My friend uh, Mark Jackson used to say on TV, I think they got a ton of offense. I think they're going to score so much. Um, But yeah, the defense is lacking. Durant doesn't play defense worth a penny. Devin Booker, sure, he can man you up, but he's small. He doesn't really have a lot of power to him, doesn't have muscle. Bradley Beer is a straight shooter um, and scorer. You have you have all scores. Maybe Aiden would be the one to help play help defense, but they even their bench. Eric Gordon's offensive player. I don't think they have. You're right. They don't have any defense at all. But again, they have so much offense. So this is, you know, you might as well hire D'Antoni to coach this team and let them go. <laughs> Who's the coach for the Suns again? Oh, they got rid of Monty Williams. Who did they bring in? Um... This this is a D'Antoni type of team. It's Frank Vogel, and I don't think that's right. They brought in a defensive coach. That is not going to work out. That I don't think so. We saw. I mean, as, as Laker fans, we saw what Vogel did with the offense here. Luckily, they won a championship predicated on defense, but offensively, it was not the best. So, yeah. I, I, Good luck to Frank Vogel, but you know I'm still picking the Suns in this exercise. Uh, they have they have the guns, they have the firepower to potentially win it all. The second team I picked was the number two seed in the Western Conference last season, was this, which is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, addition by subtraction by getting rid of Dylan Brooks, the Lakers got rid of Russell Westbrook and went to the Western Conference Finals. I think by getting rid of Dylan Brooks, you, the room of a cancer from the. Uh, from the locker room, yes, Dylan Brooks did have a great you know, FIBA tournament. Uh, maybe that arc on his jump shot will make him shoot better from three, but he'll find that out in Houston, and they're not going to do anything this season. Um, by adding Marcus Smart, they'll provide a veteran presence that was missing last season. Yes, they did have Steven Adams, but Steven Adams was injured. So having a guy in there like Marcus Smart, who's been to the NBA Finals, who's been to the playoff ringer, um, I think is a valuable get for them. Um, if Jaws able to get his life back together and come back together, 
um, along with getting Brandon Clark and Steven Adams back, this is still a dangerous team. Um, Triple J didn't, nece- you know, didn't necessarily get exposed in FIBA, but it kind of just showed that he needs a center to be an all-world defensive level player. So kind of on his own in the backcourt, not the greatest. But if you have a Brandon Clark, if you have a Steven Adams backing him up, he could be an all, all-world defensive level player. And then Desmond Bain's still a knockdown shooter. Um, he'll get better with his handles. He'll get better with his defense. He's still very young. So that team is still very young on the come up. They got a veteran presence. They have a shot now. Um, I think they'll have a better showing that they did show this past playoffs against Lakers. So if I'm so the second team in this will be the Memphis Grizzlies. Gons, what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies? I think you're right on what you touched up, touched in on. They got some veterans now to lead this young core group with Derek Rose and Marcus Smart. And I think they're going to be the leaders on this team. So, yeah, no, they got a chance. Good pick. All right. As a fun kind of last topic here, um, we grew up, you know, late in the 90s basketball, early 2000s basketball, a really good season. Um, in in that time period was the 2002-2003 season. Um, the Lakers had just come off winning three straight championships, but Tim Duncan was not going to be denied for another year. He had gotten his butt kicked by the Lakers the previous two and finally got his revenge and won the championship that season, but he had a lot of fun teams. The, the, the Kings were, the, were questionably the best team that season, or the season previously, and they kind of brought back everyone. Um, Don's. If you were to sit courtside uh, for any of these teams in the early 2000, in the 2002-2003 season, which team would you pick and why? I have a team I pick based on me being a fan of certain players. I was a, a pretty good Knicks fan um, when I was younger. And I liked, there was one player that I modeled my game. In high school when I played basketball, I didn't know how to do anything but shoot. The only reason I made the team was shoot. I would stay at a wing and I would shoot. Or I would do two dribbles and take a 15 shooter. And it was automatic. I made him every time. Me and this white guy named Abbott, he was on the other side. So, you know, you had Tamron and Boycard, and then that was their role. And I loved Allen Houston. I modeled my game after him. Um, with that being said, I would pick this Knicks team that had Allen Houston. Um, Latrell Sprewell, Kerr Thomas. I love Charlie Ward. He was like a n- tough as nails point guard. Um, you know, they had, they had Othello Harrington, who was kind of a high flyer. Howard Isley, I don't know if you remember him. He was a backup point. Um, and they had former Lakers, Shannon Anderson. So I I would be at the Garden, and I would love to watch. Um, I would love to watch this team, this right here. So I would pick the Knicks. What about yourself? Yeah, the garden, any courtside seats at the garden, that's just going to be entertaining itself because it's it's the mecca of basketball, as they say in NBA circles. So good pick for you there. For me, I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. It was the best Nash and Dirk team that everybody loved in the early 2000s. Michael Finley was really good, and Yulin Rule like this, Nick Van Exel off the bench. Um, yeah, plus you had crazy Mark Cuban and showing showing off the refs and yelling everywhere. So it was a fun. It was a young team that was a fun to watch in the early two thousands. They had the number one offense that year. Um, and like I said about the Kings, they're the team that beat the Kings in the playoffs in the in the Western Conference semifinals before losing to Tim Duncan. Um, they ran into that Tim Duncan buzzsaw, and then unfortunately after that season, the team kind of fell apart when Nash is back. Um, 
kind of was affecting him. And then Mark Cuban didn't want to give him that that extension, which led Nash to move on to the uh, to the Phoenix Suns. And that you know that Nash Dirk teams were done. But those are fun teams to watch. Um, we wish they had a, they would have kept going. But then Mark Cuban kind of cheapened up on Steve Nash and picked Eric Dampier. But yeah, that two thousand two two thousand three. Um, um, Mavericks team was really good, especially with you know Nick Van Exel off the bench. What are your thoughts on the on that Mavs team in in, in that season? I dude, like I kind of forgot about Nick Van Exel going beast that playoffs, like coming out of nowhere, putting up thirty point games. It was like he rejuvenated himself right from a young Nick Van Exel. Cause he struggled there on the Nuggets and uh, you know the couple other stints he had. I really enjoyed watching Nick Van Exel that playoffs. He dominated coming off the bench. Um, so great pick. And that will be it for us today. Like I said at the beginning of the pod, we'll try to get something to you Friday afternoon to listen to you as you're coming home from work. Like I also said at the beginning of the pod, we're going to be bringing back the hoop bar. So the hoop bar is returning video format. Uh, so we'll be releasing all that stuff. I think we're recording sometime this week. So on the podcast next Friday, we'll, we'll be releasing some additional information. Uh, just look up Hoop Bar on YouTube. And all of our older podcasts should show up from about a couple post-seasons ago. We had a Chris Paul thing, I remember, vaguely. Um, so if you want to check that out, um, look at, check out the Hoop Bar on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. We'll be there. We'll be uploading some stuff. Um, onto those sites so should be fun um, again once a week for this one maybe two times a week once once the season gets going but between both podcast and the video stuff we're doing with the hoop bar I think we're good for here but again we'll see from the, we'll, we'll see kind of moving forward I uh, thank you guys um, it's good to be back it was a fun summer hot summer gosh it was hot over here um, not, not as hot as it was in Texas and other parts of the world but it was fairly hot for Southern California. Um, hope the rain doesn't come back, though. I know we had a rainy winter. Uh, but yeah, other than that, the season's about a month away. It's going to just be starting here again in, in, in October. So it's glad, we're glad to be back. Thank you all for the support. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>